Welcome to the Physician Grind Podcast. So the way emergency medicine went and the way really medicine overall went back in the day, meaning like in the early and mid-90s, was quite different than it is today. First of all, ER volumes were not nearly what they are today, and that's probably um, obviously a, um, a result of population increases. But I started out working in both uh, East Los Angeles and Boyle Heights and in um, Anaheim uh, in a hospital adjacent to Disneyland. And <clears throat> the hospital in Dis uh, near Disneyland was a single coverage ER 24 hours a day. So basically it was you and that was it unless things happen or went down in the hospital during daytime hours and there might be some other critical care people in-house or specialists in-house to, to help you out, maybe an anesthesiologist and all that. Um, so while I was down there, we started. I started realizing one of the unique things about that facility was um, be, because we were so close to, to Anaheim and Disneyland, uh, we had this unique subset population of people who were traveling from all over the world who unexpectedly uh, had some sort of a medical urgency or emergency occur. So somebody in, in Disneyland falling down and hurting their knee, or a kid with a runny nose and fever that the parents want evaluated, or somebody having a STEMI at Disneyland, um, or being hit in the head with a cleat from one of the steamboats or whatever, and um, basically a traumatic death. So. It was a very unique and interesting part of the job down there and something that I don't think many ER doctors ever have the opportunity to do, where I'm like speaking French on a shift where I'm also speaking Spanish um, poorly um, and that sort of thing. So because of the high volume of travelers coming through that area and the massive amount of uh, hotel and motel beds, rooms, I guess, um, I think it's one of the highest density of um, hotel rooms on earth, if not the number one. Um, some entrepreneurial type of people started uh, coming up with the concept of doing what was called house call physicians or um, on-call physicians. And again, as we discussed the other day, this was quite different than today where there's an app and there's somebody riding around and, and they guarantee 30 minute uh, response time or, oh, your pizza's free. Um, if you don't kill somebody on the way to to the the house or, or house. there was no um, concierge medicine, this was like if the patient didn't feel well, the concierge at literally the concierge at the hotel would either say, "Oh, this is the closest hospital," or "Here are some choices: Children's Hospital is this distance, um, etc." Um, but these entrepreneurial people thought, "Oh, well, why don't we?" provide a service where we go to the, the uh, hotel and we'll charge them cash because there were no Venmos or PayPals. Uh, or sometimes they would bring a little s swiper for uh, um, not not that cube thing. I'm talking about the actual thing with suction cups and would roll over it in a carbon copy on a credit card. Okay, this was medicine in the 90s. Um, and they would, they would arrive at the ho uh, hotel and um, diagnose various maladies, usually not correctly, um, and therefore some of those patients would wind up in my emergency department instead of simply getting better with the treatment they were providing. So on one notable uh, occasion, a house call physician went out to see a kid who had a sore throat, 
and uh, fever and made a diagnosis clinically of strep throat and charged several hundred dollars. Um, but prior to uh, racking in the, the cash, um, gave an injection of an antibiotic, which I think was cefa, uh, cefazolin, uh, could have been ceftriaxone, but regardless. Um, and literally they would come with a small pharmacy, a medical bag filled with various medications that they might give to the um, hotel guests for whatever the malady was that they were, they were being called for. So evidently, well, we got a phone call that there was a, a pediatric case coming from um, one of the local hotels with a uh, altered uh, child who had had an apparent uh, respiratory arrest and was altered. And what apparently had happened in this particular case was uh, after having diagnosed the strep throat uh, clinically, he pulled out the antibiotic vial with the powder in it and uh, mixed up the diluent and the powder and then drew it up and gave an injection and the kid went completely out in a few seconds. And um, the, the doctor, quotation marks, um, called 911 and the paramedics arrived on the scene and what was realized in between the time that the paramedics were called, 911 was called and the paramedics arrived on scene was that he had used Demerol as the diluent for the uh, antibiotic and basically put the kid into a narcotic overdose and respiratory arrest. Um, so the medics, having uh, discovered this or been told this, uh, gave Narcan, the kid woke up and then as she was arriving on uh, uh, code three in our ED, um, went out again, and we had to basically dose her for the next several hours with Narcan repeatedly in order to keep her awake and breathing. I mean, all of a sudden her eyes would start rolling back, you know, and she would like start snoring, and we would run over to the bedside and give her a, a bit of Narcan IV, and then she would sort of wake up and look at us. And that's kind of the way things, things were back then. Um, us sort of people trying to be... Um, uh, industrious and, and make a little extra cash in medicine, but with some questionable uh, behaviors, and we were always there for the rescue. And this wraps up another episode of the Physician Grind podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a rating and a review. The Physician Grind podcast is a forum where healthcare providers can share stories. If you have a story you'd like to share, email us. Our contact information is in the show notes. Thanks for listening.